Nation. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so I, uh, I I took my daughter to the cove. We had a lot of fun. I forgot to put any kind of sunscreen on, and uh, I'm still paying the price today. Shoulders absolutely on fire. And I got to golf tonight. Good luck to me. I know nobody cares. Uh, show today, a lot of stuff happening over the weekend, a lot of stuff that uh, we have got to process. There's my mouse. Leave her five seconds. Chargers has changed everything in here. For Pete's sakes. Show goes on, though. Let's start Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, let's start in Major League Baseball. The White Sox struggles continue. They lose 5-4 to four in 12 innings at Minnesota. Lucas Giolito, nine strikeouts in five innings, six hits, no runs. Can't get a W, man. You hate to see that. Nine games against the Twins this season. Four of them have gone to extra innings. Five have been single-score games. Twins sweep this series. That's losses in five of the last six and eight of their last 11 for the White Sox. Next up, they're going to host the Cubs starting tomorrow. Speaking of those Cubbies, coming off a 7-2 beatdown of the Cardinals. Bellinger might be a human cheat code in the realest sense. One for three with a homer, three RBIs yesterday. He's now hitting 452 for the month of July. 19 games in July. He has a hit in at least 17 of those games. 12 of those games out of the 19 are multi-hit games. His 319 average on the season, fourth best in baseball. Cubs take three out of the four in the series and head to the south side tomorrow as winners of five of their last six. Kyle Hendricks will take the mound on uh, to take on Michael Kopech. I was surprised when I looked this up. Hendricks, one for six lifetime against the Southsiders with a 4.38 ERA. I couldn't believe he's had 11 appearances against them. It's not somebody you, you play a bunch, but to get 11 in? A little shocked. Uh, he has given up exactly seven hits in each of his last four starts against the White Sox. He has four losses and one no decision in his last five. Uh, on the south side, he boasts a seven point uh, a six point seven five ERA guaranteed low rate field. So it's a lot higher than his overall average here in the series. Kopech does have four appearances against the Cubs, mostly in relief, but has not given up a run to the Northsiders in six and two third innings of work. NFL training camps are firing up this week. Bears will start on Wednesday, and already on the PUP list is wideout Chase Claypool. I can hear you Bears fans moaning, 
my Bears fan buddy already hit me up today thinking that I'm loving it. I don't want to see nobody hurt. I just love that I got the Joey Porter Jr. for him. I'm good with that. Claypool's been out with some soft tissue injury sustained during OTAs. He's missed a bulk of the offseason workout. He has been in Florida, though, working with Justin Fields. And it seems to be that they don't think this is a long-term issue. Some others, not as lucky. In somewhat bizarre news, Bill's running back, they've lost for the year former Colt, Naheem Hines. Knee injury. Tom Pelissandro of uh, NFL Media reports that Hines was injured when he was hit by someone riding a jet ski. Hines was sitting on his own stationary jet ski at the time of the crash and suffered serious but not life-threatening injury. Lion safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson suffered a non-contact injury today. Day one of practice, and he was carted off. Jimmy G passed his Raiders physical over the weekend. That means probably less reps for Aiden O'Connell. Don't like rooting for anybody to be injured, but... You thought that was going to be an ideal situation if Jimmy didn't pass that physical for Aiden. Colts signed QB Anthony Richardson today. Four years, $33.99 million. Get this, fully guaranteed. That's right. Basically, $34 million fully guaranteed, including a $21.72 million signing bonus paid up front. 100% it's in the account. Number, to compare that, number two overall pick C.J. Stroud of the Texans also signed his deal, uh, which ends up being about $2 million more with a bonus uh, that is also it's about $1.5 million more. But that was also all guaranteed. Restricted free agent A.O. DeSumo, former Illini guard, agreed to a three-year $21 million contract to come back to the Bulls per his uh, agent. Bulls announced Sunday that they had signed Desumu to a multi-year contract, but uh, we didn't get the details. Now uh, we've got them. Saudi club Al Halal has offered a world record package for Mbappe. Get this: one year, one point one billion dollars. Get out of here. That's a three hundred thirty-two million dollar transfer fee to PSG and a seven hundred seventy-six million dollar salary for one season. That would then allow him to leave for Real Madrid next summer if he wanted to. $776 million to play soccer for a season in Saudi Arabia. Man, that's a lot of money. That's all tax free, too, out there, isn't it? That's something. Uh, former Northwestern volleyball players filed a lawsuit today in Illinois claiming that the school and its athletic department were negligent in response to a hazing incident that occurred in the spring of 2021. The player who filed her suit anonymously said she was injured while running sprints as part of, quote, punishment sanctioned by Coach Shane Davis and that Davis, quote, enabled a culture of racism, bullying, harassment, hazing, and retaliation within the Northwestern volleyball program. And folks, there you go. That right there would be today's Need to Know News for this Monday, July the 24th. All right, let's get back after it tonight with uh, Who's Hot and try to find some best bets. I'm not going to lie. This is not an enticing lineup tonight. 
I there there's some guys that are good here, but like this isn't a it doesn't seem like a big money night tonight. It's a little bit smaller. And there's just not a bunch of places here. Not a lot of spots where I'm like, oh, let's take advantage of that. So let's get started with uh, some of these guys here that are hot bats. Mookie Betts right now, 438 in 19 plate appearances against uh, Berrios tonight. Five singles, two homers, two walks. He is uh, hit in 77% of his home games. Meanwhile, Freddie Freeman has also been on fire as of late. Hits 333, just three appearances against Berrios with a home run. Brewers are uh, hosting the Reds tonight. Uh, William Contreras, 667 and six appearances versus Ashcraft. He's hitting 23 of his last 30. He's got two plus hits in 12 of his last 30. Willie Adamas is 273 and 11 appearances versus Ashcraft. Has hit in 15 of his last 19 games if you're looking for a hit. I mean, if we're getting down to Brewers hitters, that tells you kind of how much I feel we've got advantages here tonight. I think there's one pitching prop that I kind of like tonight. Kenta Maeda is over five and a half against Seattle. Seattle stays pretty much in the top three in the last seven um, last seven days, 14 and 30 in strikeouts. Maeda's hit this in four of his last five. I think there's a very good chance for him to go ahead and clip six tonight against a Seattle team. And again, Twins are at home tonight. Yeah, And Seattle just knows how... Seattle knows how to whiff. I didn't see anybody else. Patrick Corbin's over four and a half, but it's at minus 170 against the Rockies tonight. I don't hate that mark, but I absolutely hate the odds on that. Those are bad. Uh, Luis Castillo also in that Seattle Twins game. Under seven and a half. That's going off at minus 130. Somebody else here. Um, a lot of prognosticators picking on you, Darvish, here to go uh, deep tonight. Over 6.5 at minus 170 against the Pirates at home. Something about it just doesn't feel right to me. That's a, that's a purely gut play to avoid that. But I don't think we've got any real superstars in, in, in there tonight. I think Maeda can surprise some people. Castillo, I mean, we're talking the top two teams tonight in uh, strikeouts to righties in Seattle and Minnesota. So I'm guessing there's going to be some swings and misses tonight. So if you're going to pick anybody tonight, I those are the two pitchers that I'd be looking into. 
Miami's just down to five and a half. Castillo to get over seven and a half is, I mean, these are two laterable guys this evening. Like I said, these are the top two teams um, in baseball in strikeouts in terms of facing right-handers. So that's kind of where I'm looking at tonight. A couple of pitchers, maybe a couple of ladders. My eight is probably my favorite because he has the lower number. But I do not think that Maeda has gone or nine strikeouts at a game this season. I don't think he's gone double digits. He doesn't have a huge run here, but he's hit nine three times. He's hit eight once out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Out of nine games, he's hit nine three times. And he's gotten nine against Seattle. That was his last start on the 19th at Seattle. He had nine. Oh, boy. I hate those games because I feel like you look at that and you go, hey, cool, he's done it once before, and they never come close to doing it a second time. Whatever, I'll still write. That's still all I need six. And he's only gone under six out of nine games that he's thrown this year. One, two, three, four. So half his games he's got over this mark. I feel good about that. Hey, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to pick up on a story we talked about Wednesday a big group chat of NFL running backs. They're not happy with the compensation. They're trying to get together here, see what they can do. I'll tell you about that and try to see what they can do, if anything. That's next. You're listening to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. You can always reach out via the Hammerhead text line at 765 447 4080. That number again is 765 447 4080. Talked at the top of the show here. Colt signing Anthony Richardson, fully guaranteed money. And we talked, uh, you know, not long ago during the offseason, you know, Lamar Jackson wanted this fully guaranteed money. We talked about how, you know, teams and owners didn't want to go this route, didn't want to set that standard. But it looks like maybe they're getting into this stuff. Anyway, that's not the thing making the headlines. It's this weekend that uh, loads of NFL star running backs took part in a Zoom call on Saturday to discuss the market for running backs in the NFL. Now, this is something that we talked about possibly happening last week. And we had this nice long discussion, uh, you and I, on the show here about how... That market is now very undervalued. That the value for some other positions has skyrocketed. The price for certain other positions that are valued has skyrocketed. And that money from the cap has to come out of someplace. And it has seemingly been coming out of the running back position. Not to say there aren't teams that are spending good money on running backs. But... When players like Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs um, can't get a deal and are forced to sign a tender, 
it gets a lot of people to notice. I, I used that comp to Le'Veon Bell a couple of years ago, right? Where you know, he, same thing, I want all this money, sat out, then went, signed a deal with the Jets, ended up not being for less than what he probably would have been to stay in Pittsburgh, taking the deal that they did offer him. He ends up regretting everything, comes back, apologizes for it. $10 million still, hey, that ain't too bad, but you know what? It also isn't guaranteed at a very physical position. So now the running backs are starting to get together here and talk about things to try to figure out what their leverage is. Now we got to this point, I mentioned this last week, the whole reason we're having this talk when it comes uh, to running backs is that the NFL changed rules to make these games more exciting. They got the corners off of the wide receivers. Then they started to put more pressure on the defensive players hitting the quarterback, and that resulted in more passing attempts. It became a pass-happy league. And because it became a pass-happy league, the quarterback got even more value, wide receiver value skyrocketed, tight end value skyrocketed. And for a while, their running backs who could go and line up in the slot and stuff and do more things, their value also went up for NFL teams. And now that most teams are passing the ball much more than they are running the ball, running backs seem to be a little bit more expendable these days in the NFL. They still have some great superstars, but a would argue that we have far more superstars at wide receiver in the league than we do running backs right now. And those top five wide receivers are vastly more coveted than the top five running backs. Just facts. So what do you do if you are these NFL running backs? Well, that's what they got together. What can we do? Nick Chubb painted a grim picture. Right now, there's nothing we can do. We're handcuffed with a situation where the only position that our production hurts us the most, if we go out there, run 2,000 yards with so many carries, the next year they're going to say, well, you're probably worn down. It's tough. It hurts us at the end of the day. What really kills them is it's that uh, club option right on that extra year. Because the statistics tell you after, what, like five years? you start to trend down as a running back, at least that's the way the NFL sees it. Very few exceed expectations in the shelf life. And that's how we're into this position right now to begin with. The changing of the rules and the view that these guys get run down. That it's easier to go and pick up a difference maker running back in like the third or fourth round. You do not need to be paying these guys big money. The biggest problem right now for these running backs is they have zero leverage. Because of the guys that the teams are bringing in to replace them, zero leverage. You can't sit out and not sign the franchise tag. And let somebody else, somebody else will come in and take their place. 
And the whole reason that they're franchising you is because they don't want to give you that big money and sign it for the long-term deal. They just don't. Some guys are apt to sign it. Some guys want to, you know, like Saquon, like Josh, like Josh Jacobs, feel like they're owed more money for their talents. And they're probably right. But the market right now seems rigged against running backs. And the options are very few, far between. First off, you really need a galvanization of those running backs to all be on the same page. And not everybody wants to do that. You have a very tight window in the NFL, regardless of position, but even more so probably with the running back position, to make your money. That's why it's very important for them to get that second contract with that good deal. Very important. And because the way the market is, a guarantee you can stand united here, but some guys are going to go, it may not be what I want, but at least it's still pretty good. And I got a couple more seasons left in me. I'm making double digits per year. I need to do it. I sit out a year, I lose that. That's the situation they find themselves in. Now, if they could galvanize, they all want to work together, perhaps there's a way that they can demonstrate. Perhaps guys like Saquon sign that tender. They take their $10 million and then Kansas City Chiefs are in town, huh? I don't want to play that one. Sorry. Oh, you got a big game against uh, the Cowboys here, huh? Division lead might might be uh, the might determine whether or not you make the playoff. Eh, maybe I don't play that one. Maybe you sign in, you collect some of that money, and you try to also stick it to your employer, but you're also sticking it to your teammates at the same time. Somebody else is missing out on a roster gig because of that. Now, I don't know if everybody in the locker room is going to sit here and go, hey, I understand you get your, you got to get your money, young man. That's the way to do it. But I feel like you're there. You need to be there. If you're not going to be there, you're not going to be there. I understand. You want to be paid what you think you're worth. You, you do what you got to do. But the reality here is very, very few options for NFL running backs to try to raise the market. I mean, I I haven't heard, and they seem to know it, that there's not a, a winning strategy here, but it sounds like a majority of them want to, want to continue to communicate and want to talk about negotiations, who's talking with who, how much money, hoping that that transparency will help them out in making that extra money. Christian McCaffrey is the highest paid running back, 16 mil per season. That's the difference between the franchise tag, $6 million, between the franchise tag and the top paying guy. you, You want to debate whether or not Guys like Saquon, Josh Jacobs should be getting the same amount of money. A guy like Christian McCaffrey, yeah, you could do that. But this that that's the difference. We're talking that's a sixty percent difference.
That 60% pay raise. It's a big deal on that tender. And the other thing that's going to hurt him them too here is this. They are the CBA's locked in till 2030. You got another seven years. Now maybe in seven years if it's still going on, the NFLPA says, hey, listen, you got to take that fifth year option off for running backs. It is hurting them. Maybe they can make that kind of concession. We'll see. But they have very, very little leverage here. Very little leverage. Until they can find some or figure that out, $10 million a year it is. We're going to take a break. Hang tight. Coming back. Here's more of the Hammer Down Show next on 101. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. A magical time of the year here, late summer. Uh, we've got NFL training camp starting to fire up. Uh, what, Colts t- tomorrow, I believe, right? And then everybody's, everybody else's Wednesday, uh, they'll get started. Of course, uh, a couple of, a few teams already at it because Hall of Fame game is next Wednesday. Um, you've also got, uh, what, the Boilers just about a week away? Or so here um, until they get practice started. You had the MLB trade deadline coming up here in eight days. Great time, and we got NFL media or uh, Big Ten media day is on Thursday for Purdue. Uh, they do a half and half, so half on Wednesday, half on Thursday. Purdue in Thursday. I'll be down there. Uh, Kyle Charles be filling in here for me. Uh, we'll try to get a phone call in to talk a little bit about that. Plenty of topics to discuss, um, you know, with Big Ten teams and the Big Ten media. Of course, the Northwestern story not going anywhere. Uh, a lot of questions for Ryan. I mean, we all have so many questions for Ryan. The list is Hudson Carr will be there. Sanusi Kane will be there. Uh, TJ Sheffield will be there. So you know, hopefully we get time with all those guys there as well. But, uh, yeah, and, and if, look, I just feel like as we're starting up all these practices and everything, too, as much as you want to see, uh, get, get a look here at everybody, it goes in, and Colts fans assuredly feel this, it's almost as if you're trying to survive training camp. It's not to get in there, get good, get acclimated, it's survive injury-free. Certainly the Colts know what that's about. It seems like every year camp, uh, somebody big goes down. I mean, look at what just happened to the Lions today. First day of practice. Their biggest free agent they got to, you know, you know help steady that secondary. And C.J. Gardner-Johnson, non-contact knee injury, not great. Former Colt Naeem Hines, Jet ski accident. Sounds like he's done for the season. Not even making it, can't even make it to camp. That's bizarre. That's why I think for, you know, Bears fans rolling their eyes at the Chase Claypool news, I mean, I think look, he, he's, he said it before that he needed more time to get acclimated to that offense. So, you know, not being out there, does it hurt a little bit? Yes. But at the same time, I don't hate um, 
you know, your so-called stars missing some of these early reps. And I think a lot of teams manage that kind of stuff too. You know, they don't they don't try to overdo it with some of these guys. But I understand Bears frust- Bears fans' frustration with look. Like I said at the top of the show, I had, a, I had a Bears buddy of mine who was just like, I already know you're celebrating this thing that he's on the PEP list. No! I don't want to see guys injured. Did I think the Bears overpaid for him? Absolutely. Especially in hindsight, knowing now that's the 32nd pick in the draft. I do not think that he is worth that. But for better or the worse, the Bears do have him right now. And this is a a, a core, a, a wide out in, in passing system here that was dead last last year. Now, Justin Fields did some pretty amazing things with his feet. What was he, like fourth or fifth in the league in rushing? On his own? We get in this Lamar Jackson debate here. Uh, does it make him a poor quarterback? Because... Of where the um, of where the passing numbers are, or does it just not matter because he's eating up yardage? I'm in the I'm usually in the latter. Your your job is to get up there and move the football. You move the football. Do I care if it's through the air or on the ground? No, as long as you're doing it. But you can't deny that even with as great as his feet are, you it's not advantageous to be that low in the NFL's hierarchy of passing, specifically in passing. It's one thing if you're the lowest rushing team. You can be the lowest rushing team and be one of the top passing teams and you're okay. So hopefully for the Bears, it's not a long-term thing. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a long-term thing because that is that was a unit that you were hoping was going to do a, a little bit more in the offseason to make it slightly more formidable. You spent a fourth-round pick uh, on a wide receiver and... You know, that's it. Didn't go out there and get any of the big name uh, free agents at wide receiver. Oh, you know, we got DJ Moore. So I forgot about DJ Moore. I think you were hoping to do a little, make, maybe make a, a, a little bit more of a splash outside of him, and he did. It'll be interesting to see how it all works out for the Bears. I like Justin Fields. But if he goes down, I mean, that that whole off, I feel like that whole offense just collapses. Absolutely collapses, especially with what they have behind them. Because then you're down to Nathan Peterman or P.J. Walker, neither of which are going to come anywhere close. Maybe P.J. can... Somewhat come close to the way Fields plays, but it sure as heck ain't Peterman. So that team will go as far as Justin Fields can take them. 
whether that's through the air or on the ground, uh, but you would like to see a big step taken in year three out of the Bears' signal collar. We're going to come right back. We'll wrap it up here with things we may have missed and more. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. What a- Hey, welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I'm your host, Jared Just Lightus. All right, so we wrap it up here. Let's get to some of the things that we may have missed. These Titans uh, throwbacks where they get the oiler stuff in there. Yes. I know some people are like, oh, what is Houston Oilers, right? They were the Tennessee Oilers for a second, weren't they? But I get what you're saying here. Don't like the throwback. I'm okay with it. Like, it's that franchise, but at the same time, like, Baltimore couldn't pull off the Cleveland throwbacks, nor would they ever want to, you know? Especially now that Cleveland doesn't have a team. Like, Cleveland didn't have a team, and they threw in, like, the Brown stuff. I don't know. I feel. I don't know why I would feel different about that. Doesn't that feel a little bit different? But the Titans rock the Oilers. I think it's. I think it's easier for me to accept the Oilers uniforms because the Oilers uniforms look fire, and the Cleveland Browns uniforms always look like garbage, hot garbage, disgusting orange. Am I biased? You bet your butt I am. Do I like David Bell? Yes, I do. Sorry, man. Wearing the orange. It's also Cleveland. Um, over uh, the week, was it the weekend or was it Friday? Did I miss this? But uh, Minnesota's Vikings ride receiver Jordan Addison. Remember last time I heard Jordan Addison? He was leaving Pitt to go out to USC, got himself a home, and you know uh, what? Six, uh, no, eight figures, wasn't it? Seven, eight figures. Anyway, clock going 140 miles per hour last week. You think somebody would learn from Henry Ruggs? But apparently not. Now, an updated citation includes misdemeanor charges for speeding and reckless driving. A description of the incident was issued by the Minnesota State Patrol notes that Addison, quote, stated that his dog was having emergency as residence. And that was the reason for going 140 miles an hour. 3 a.m. on a Thursday. Well, who hasn't been there, right? You're just you're out 3 o'clock in the morning on the highway. Dog's been up all night partying. You ever hurt you home? Something's going on, and you're the only one that knows. Uh, you know, any kind of dog medical training. It's gonna have to be you, man. Addison released an apology, made a mistake, used poor judgment, won't repeat the behavior. How's the dog doing, man? No, 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 no doesn't even update us. I gotta not update us on the dog, man. It's almost as if that was uh, a made-up excuse. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. 140. I love my dogs. 140, when I could easily kill myself, somebody else, lots of other people, no thank you. Even if it is true. At best, that's true. And it's still not a good idea. At worst, he's making that up and it's a poor excuse. 
I also can't get over that one one athlete is worth one point one billion dollars. What an insane number for Mbappe. I'm not a big international soccer guy. I understand that uh, he is a very good soccer guy. But is one athlete really worth a billion dollars for a year? Is one person worth a billion dollars for a year? I... It's an insane amount. $776 million for the season that he gets. That'd be $64.6 million a month. $14.7 million a week. $2.1 million a day. That would cash $88,500 an hour or $1,475 a minute. $24 per second. This dude's going to make per second more than you spent on lunch. Maybe twice what you spent on lunch today if he takes this deal. And we've gone through this with the live tour stuff and, you know, whether or not you should do this more, you know, da 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 da, da. I almost think your morality aside on this, you got to take that money. And then you can leave and you can go have your deal with, you know, who you wanted to go sign with to begin with. $776 million tax free. Do you understand what kind of good you could do in the world with $776 million? And this dude's already probably loaded. Bank 40 of it. Give the rest of it. Do you know what kind of problems you could help solve? $700 million? Is it weird to say morality be damned that you should do that because of the the lives you could change with that kind of money? It's like the million dollar man used to say, everybody's got a price. But I'll tell you this, if you had any moral hiccups about the the money, the regime, any of that kind of stuff, man, I got to think about the lives I could impact with that. Boy, I'd have to take a good. Uh, I take a good long hard look at that, and consider that, because that ain't that ain't a bad deal to change a lot of lives, for the better. All right, that's gonna do it for us here on the uh, Hammer Down Show. Big thank you for you for listening. Big thank you to Kyle Charter for filling in last week. I'll see you back here tomorrow, three o'clock. We'll talk local sports for an hour on one zero one seven The Hammer. Haley's Lock, Safe, and Key has been keeping your stuff safe since 1969 and is a proud dealer of quality safes from Browning. And right now, you can save up to $350 on quality 2023 safes from Browning. But hurry, these special rebates on Browning safes end July 31st. Haley's Lock, Safe, and Key, 415 North Earl Avenue in Lafayette at a 200 West Spring Street in Crawfordsville. That's Haley's Lock, Safe, and Key.